Hi, all, and welcome to Kit Chat's election live stream. Um, I'm Zachary Bahar, and as always... Oh, and I'm Nora Miller. Um, yeah, and so before we begin, we want to just encourage all of our listeners to follow The Evanstonian on Instagram at the underscore Evanstonian and on Twitter at The Evanstonian to keep up with all of our latest work. Also, please visit the website, evanstonian.net, to see all of our projects, especially our coverage of the election as we go forward. And as always, please follow KitChat on all of your podcast apps. And if you really like what we do, give us a five-star review on iTunes so that we can keep it being shared with others. Um, and with that out of the way, Nora, do you want to introduce what we're doing tonight? Yes, I do. So tonight is, as many of you know, the 2020 presidential election. Um, it's a pretty historic moment considering... First, you know, we're in a global pandemic and we've never done an election like this, this one. And um, also just um, as every election kind of is, it's, you know, kind of America deciding our fate for the next four years. Um, tonight, Zachary and I are covering, you know, the election we're monitoring how it's going and how the votes come in, but we're bringing on a lot of students from ETHS um, to talk about how they're dealing with the election and their thoughts and opinions as students on what's important to them for the next four years. Yeah, and we before we start, we just want to talk about like a few ground rules. Um, we're not going to like really be actively discussing some of the votes that are coming in. Um, certainly we are watching and are monitoring what's happening and we'll talk about it as stuff that's truly pressing does happen. Um, but we're really trying to just share like what are students thinking right now? Um, how have students been involved and how can students continue to be involved in the future? Um, and we also like want to just be clear that we do want to maintain some level of civility. Um, certainly during elections, people get very emotional as they should. We are deciding, as Nora was saying, what story we want our country to tell and the actions that we we put in place. Um, but that doesn't mean we should stop being human and stop caring about each other. Um, yeah. Yeah, and especially just like the way um, that the world is right now um, without the election, I think um, Zachary's completely right that um, now more than ever, we just need to be um, here for our friends and family. Even if we can't physically all be together, we can um, always reach out with a text or, you know, just like FaceTime, Zoom to check in on everyone. And, yeah. yeah. And we also need to like be present for ourselves, which is what I've been telling a lot of people um, in the last few days. Like this is gonna be a difficult time for a lot of us um and so be here for yourself too and do things that bring you joy yeah um so to get um yeah so with those introductions out of the way make sure to check out evansonian.net um we're gonna go into our first little fun segment tonight which is kind of um 
just us talking about the essential items for tonight's coverage. You know, um, I feel like my family always, we watch it. Um, we watch the election like all night and I'm sure ma many other families do um, just to see like how the results come in and even like within Illinois and also um, within the country. Um, so I'm going to get started with some of my my top five um, items that I need in the election night. So my first one is some, these are, these are two items technically, but um, music content. Um, so this is Abbey Road by the Beatles. It's just, the Beatles are great, um, great band and musical group. Always puts me in a cheerful mood. And then this, you know, pretty, um, pretty relevant, you know, talking about the American government right when it started Hamilton. Um, this is a copy of the Hamilton like book thing that you get when you go to the show. And I got this in New York City. Um, it's, it's autographed. So that's pretty cool. It is autographed. Yeah, I waited. Gray and I, my sibling and I waited at the stage door for it to get autographed. Pretty cool. Um, so next thing I have here, <laughs> how am I doing, Zachary? Pretty good. You're doing great. Thank you. Um, is some orange juice. Really important um, to boost your immune system during the election to make sure, you know, you're not, I don't know, just make sure. And it's also, I really like orange juice, like as a drink. Um, like if I'm not drinking a LaCroix or a water, I usually am drinking orange juice because it tastes really good. Um, and I, yeah, I don't know, just like it. Um, so that was three. Fourth item is this yoga mat that I have. Um, then my next two kind of go together. Yoga mat, you never know when you might need, you might get a little tense during the election coverage. And um, when you're watching, you know, the results come in. Um, and, uh, you know, especially if something doesn't go your way or like how you wanted it to go. Um, so I think a yoga mat is perfect for that just because you can stretch, you can do some really cool stretches um yeah i love learning different yoga poses so it's that's great um next final item is this massage roller that i got from the running store <laughs> um i don't know and it's just like a handheld roller for your muscles in case you get a little tense so. Yeah, I enjoy like the nice back roller things. Put it on your back, roll over yeah, them. Yeah, I have. Yeah, I have one of those too. Those are those are useful. Um, mm -hmm. So some of my uh, essentials are also similar to Nora's. I also um, am a big fan of having off the grid music uh, that I don't need to be on my phone for. So I found this old Walkman, um, and we have some cassettes from my favorite band, the Mountain Goats. I love it. Um, yep. Yeah. 
other assorted entertainment off the grid. Um, anyone who knows me knows I'm a big fan of Tolkien. Here is a fairly new copy of Lord of the Rings. Great, great fantasy to, again, distract yourself with. Um, other things, probably less productive than yoga. Definitely kind of the opposite of a yoga man. We have a nice candy left over from Halloween. Uh, you know, we also do have water again to keep us hydrated. You don't want to. You don't want to get dehydrated. You want to dehydrate. <laughs> no. That's that would um, be a really big issue if you, that happened. You know, there's enough other stress happening, so it's fine. You don't want to. You don't need to get worried about this. Um, other things to distract yourself with. I fidget with pens a lot. Here are a few pens. Um, or just other things to work on. Like maybe you're recording a podcast instead of actively watching results. Or maybe you're doing homework from last year because you're late. You wanted something to take your mind off of the TV. Either yeah. one works, you know. Um, and uh, melatonin. You know, we're all going to be very tired tonight, I assume. Um, oh, yeah. I, I don't have the melatonin with me right now. But you take about half an hour before you go to bed. Yeah, and <laughs> then it makes you fall right asleep. Um, yeah, and you know, especially when I'm, you know, I have trouble sleeping when stressed. So yeah, it's useful to have. Um, and the last thing I would recommend is the strongest, most expired apple juice you can find. Just just the strongest stuff you've had in the fridge for like mm -hmm. three years. That sounds perfect. It's perfect beverage for for tonight. Um, you know, yeah. So we those, to... yeah, those are pretty good items to have. You know, this is kind of like I mean, I was we so just to let everyone know, um, Evanston Township and I'm pretty sure every public school today did not have. It was a non-attendance day for public schools. Um, I think at least in Illinois it was. I'm not in sure Illinois, in Illinois, um, right? And I was thinking about it, and I don't know. It feel it's it's a really momentous day, even if you know the results might come in later at night. I just think the whole like I don't know, like the whole energy of the day. Yeah, like um, these last different. few days have yeah, and especially moving mm -hmm. in today. Today it's been like very difficult to focus on anything else. Um, right. The stress, like, you know, I've been, I feel like I've been fairly um, decent in handling some of the stress. But like these last few days, I've been able to do very little else but worry, mm -hmm. which, you know, isn't great, but it's yeah. a thing. It is a it, thing. I mean, I don't know. It's just, it's so uncertain. And like we, and even tonight, we probably won't know. Um, and I think that is scary and stressful. And um, yeah. I mean, as we're talking, like, as I'm looking over, like, at my other screen and seeing some of the stuff that's coming in, you know, most of it's just like, oh, this is too close to call. So even if they are having results come in, and yeah, a lot of states won't because of mail-in or because of whatever other reasons. Like, it's, I mean, you know, part of it's the media tries to make us a story um, and tell us to, you know, get us angry at stuff. Um, yeah. 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 Um, well, if everyone, you know, if you're watching this right now, um, want to comment on any of our social media platforms, what your survival items are for election night, um, like tell us somehow. I would love to see, find that 
after t- after this podcast um yeah. it's interesting what people do or like what you do zach do you have any um stories of what you have done in the past during election nights not during election night in 2016 i honestly went to bed fairly early um i don't know if it was a good choice but i don't know i didn't feel as invested then and i think a lot of people were you know certainly my family i know didn't think trump had any chance um how wrong we all were (laughs) yeah i mean Um, there was a uh post circulating a few days ago or like a week ago that was like um the polls um four years ago and it was i think it was a new york times poll that was um i don't know if that's right but um that said Hillary Clinton um, had 91% chance of winning. And uh... I'm like, that's what like even 538 was saying about Biden today, right? They're saying, oh, they have a re- Biden has a great chance of winning and it's not even going to be close. And like, I-, I hope so. I really do. Um, but I also don't know how accurate those polls are. And certainly there's a lot of unforeseen factors this year, even in, in past elections. Um, Although it looks like Florida's getting very close to being in. I assume it's still fairly too close to call though. That is what it looks like. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, we're both watching, just let everyone know, we're both watching a feed. Zach, what, what feed are you watching? I'm watching MSNBC Live. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's saying like, 92% in at the moment in Florida. And, you know, Florida, of course, is one of the big things that actually might come in tonight. Um, yeah, and I mean, definitely, I don't know. It, yeah, I don't know. That was a super uncertain state. Yeah, um, statewide, it looks like it's, you know, there's still a yeah. lot missing. Um, but also, like, I don't know. it's a scary time it is and obviously adding an election on top of a pandemic on top of a lot of people dealing with depression or isolation um, and the related uh, mental illnesses at the moment is not a good thing no um did they just call it maybe i can't tell they switched over to Georgia and what I'm watching, but it's possible. Um, yeah, and like, I don't know. I don't, like I'll say in general, like what I expect to do after this is probably keep watching it for a bit. Um, after we finish live streaming at 9.30, I'll probably keep watching it and then I'll, at some point I'll probably listen to a podcast and fall asleep. And yeah, I think that's a, I don't know. I think... It's a scary time. Yeah, I remember. I mean, I don't know. I think tonight, hopefully, I, yeah, hopefully I can go to sleep. Last night, I had trouble falling asleep because of the election. I was so, like, nervous. It was so interesting because I, like, you know, you have no, like, power. I mean, I can't vote, um, right? So I can't, I don't have that power um obviously like i advocate to friends and family but besides that and like in your own community it's really i mean 
you know, how the rest of the country decides on the election, you know, you don't have really any say in. Um, and so I think I was just a little anxious about that and understanding that, you know, we really might not know tonight. Um, we, we might, but um, it was interesting. And I hope for, so, so I hope tonight I will be able to get some rest because we do have school tomorrow. Yes. Yeah, honestly, if I were the one in charge of making the school schedule, I would have swapped the days we had off um, because I know a lot of people are going to be very stressed out and very worried going into tomorrow. And while I do hope that teachers do acknowledge some of that stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean. And I'm sure most will, but it's also yeah, that's, like. Yeah. My teachers have personally. Or like one of my teachers like pushed back a test or I feel like a few of my teachers have kind of pushed things back um, and I know every every teacher can't do that and like I, that's totally understandable yeah. um, and we had the day off um, but um, just because you know we really don't know what you know everyone's emotional state is going to be um, and like what the country the state of the country is going to be tomorrow yeah yeah um, and we are shortly going to be joined by um ETHS's student representative um Camille Beatty I don't know when she's actively gonna join but she should be here soon um yeah I want to like I don't know one of the things that I've just like uh, this is I don't know like I wish this isn't what was happening right now that the pandemic wasn't happening, that this wasn't mm -hmm. happening. Um, and, you know, again, like I'm sitting here with, among other things, this copy of Lord of the Rings. And, like a lot of my hope does come from the stories we can tell, right? What we're, what, again, we're voting on mm -hmm. the story we tell about our future. Um, and I do want to just share a quote that I do find very useful from Lord of the Rings. And there's a lot of them. This is honestly yeah. one of the, um, so this is from the first book of the six books. Um, and it's a conversation between Frodo and Gandalf, um, ultimately about hope, right? About, about hope. Um, I wish the ring had never come to me. I wish none of this had happened. So do all who live to see such times, but that is not for them to decide. All we have to decide is what to do with the time that is given to us. Um, and I, you know, I don't know. We, it's dumb to say that there's a silver lining in every situation. That's a really dumb statement. But we are able to create good things no matter how dark the world around us. And that doesn't mean that the world gives them to us. It means we have to slave to make them. Um, and it will take something from us. But what other yeah. option do we have, right? Mm -hmm. That was a really good quote. Um... And I think you're right. I think, I mean, if you just look back, I don't know if this is the best example, but um, if you look back at, I mean, the past four years, um, just of um, this presidency and all of the like tumultuous events that have happened during it, I feel like there have been um, 
I feel like humanity is still like um like shown it's like I don't know how where that was going yeah like and people you have like it's not like again things aren't naturally going to be good that's not what I believe in um but we are able to work together um and do things that are good um and yeah it's gonna be difficult especially like when we look at what's happened for like what parties have been trying to do over the last four years yeah the democrats haven't been like the most successful because the republicans and trump especially have just blocked them and that's the reality um but there have also been a lot of activist groups doing a lot of great things um yeah and i I feel like i feel like especially this year i mean and even like throughout the past four years um but especially this year like we've really seen the country mobilize especially over the summer in a way that i don't think anyone i don't know just like that that like we haven't seen in at least our lifetime yeah um so yeah absolutely and like you know there are groups doing good things like i think if yeah like oh certainly over the summer was probably a turning point um like i think just in general the conversations around racism and white supremacy and and climate change and Mm -hmm. the intersection of all these things has really changed in the last four years oh yeah absolutely um and probably in part because the president isn't supporting it and is stopping stuff from happening yeah Um, You know, right now Biden is ahead is what some of the prediction I'm looking at is saying now, just in um, general, which isn't much of anything. Yeah, um, I feel like, yeah, I feel like every, and yeah, every like stream is different because mine, um, I'm watching CNN, everyone, um, but they're kind of just going through and you can turn on CNN and watch it, but um they're going through a bunch of states that it's like too early to call but in terms of i don't know what yours says zach but it looks like going through georgia at the moment uh uh-huh um trump has 42 electoral college um yes i think that's and then biden has 30 um currently which is you know is i mean they all make calls differently that's the entire issue right everything is literally too close to call at the moment um and that's also why we originally weren't you know we're not focusing too much and certainly once carmia gets here we we do have some other stuff we want to talk about um but yeah one thing that we can talk about now that we can easily talk return to later is that the evanstonian has been conducting a mock election of eths students um So certainly, like, while we're watching the actual results from across the country come in, I can share some of the results that we had at ETHS. Um, And Laura, do you want to, like, make a prediction for what some of those results are before I share them? Um, Is it, what are the, is it just, like, the president? We'll just start by asking who, yeah, we'll just ask, well, there's a few things. I'll ask first, like, for context, we had 440 responses in less than a week, which I think is the fastest we've ever gotten that number. Mm -hmm. um so out of those what percentage do you think voted for biden or harris or the biden harris ticket i want to say like 89 percent 
I mean, I feel like you're looking at my notes, but yes, I'm it is not 89%. looking at it. I'm not like, I swear I'm not looking at it. Is that right? Yeah, it's 89%. Oh, um, well, okay. Yeah, I 89. swear I did not look at the note. I did not look at the numbers. I, that was my, I was going to say 90 and then it was like maybe a little bit less. Yeah. I mean, and that's what I feel like I would have, that, like, that's definitely the result I expected to get, um, like as we were mm. putting together this. What percent do you think voted for Trump? Like five. Yeah, four, um, mm-hmm. which means, you know, 6% of people voted for other um, or refused to vote. 6% which is... of people voted for Kanye. Uh, yeah, no, there I'm were kidding. some votes for Kanye. No, there were yes, some I votes did. for Kanye. I know. Um, yeah. There were a few votes for uh, Gloria Lariva, the socialist candidate. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think a few for like the libertarian person, mm-hmm. Joe Georgeson or something, I think is his name. Um, like Jorgensen, yeah. Yeah, something like that. Um, 70% of responders identified themselves as left wing of some sort. Um, the majority being like mm. essentially of that 70%, the majority being like left with the options being center left, left or far left. Um, which, you know, also kind of meaningless terms. Hmm. Um, but what we were really interested in is like, what do you think the enthusiasm is for the people who Four. voted for Biden? Four. I don't know. No, no. Oh, uh, the enthusiasm out of a percentage? Out of five. Out of five. Oh. So on a scale of one oh. to five, how enthusiastic do you think the average ETHS Biden supporter was? I want to say two or three. <laughs> um, it was 3.49, which is... Yeah, I think actually kind of surprising because I know a lot of people have been talking about settle for Biden, right? Yeah, that's definitely. I mean, that I feel like that's pretty accurate because I'm not saying like people are enthusiastic, but I think people are like, yeah, I mean, I can get behind that. I think, I don't know. And I think, I mean, it also might have changed. Like certainly in the primaries, I think things were different, right? When Bernie was an option, when Warren was an option, when uh, Buttigieg were options. I think people felt very differently about Biden than they do now. Yeah. Um, which is actually something like we did see because we then asked like who would you vote for in the primaries? Um and 13% of Biden supporters would have supported him in the primaries. Um, but 43 would have supported Bernie and then Elizabeth Warren and Kamala Harris both had 12% of like that primary votership. Um mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. makes sense. Yeah. Well, it does um, look like my count is calling Florida for Biden, which is really good. We'll see. Florida for. Um, okay. Well, it looks like our first guest is here, student representative Carmia Beatty. Um, and I will admit her right now. Hi, Carmia. Can you hear us? Yes, I can hear you guys. How are you? Great. I'm good. How are you? I'm doing, I'm, you know, I'm doing. That's mm-hmm. all. That, I don't really know that. how I'm doing. You know, I'm just trying to stay calm. Positive. Yeah. I think that's about where I'm at. I don't know how I feel. Um, there's just a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm worried, but, you know. Yeah. I think yeah. that's a reasonable emotion to have. 
<laughs> yeah. Um, so to get us started, do you want to just introduce yourself and um, maybe if you want to go through like what you've been up to today um, and yes. maybe also as student representative, um, what your role has been this election season? Yes. Okay. So first of all, my name is Carmia Beatty. My pronouns are she, her, and hers. And um, yes, I also am the student rep of Evanston Township High School. So I serve on the board as like the student voice. I don't get a vote, but I do get to have a voice on the board. And today, so I, I went downtown with a friend today to downtown Chicago and I had a picnic. I tried to they um, just be outside today. It's a very wonderful, beautiful day. And I actually voted um, Thursday. So this past Thursday, I voted and um, I wanted to get that out of the way early just in case polls were crazy. Um, but definitely, I don't know necessarily that I have taken the role that I should have during the election. I definitely promoted on social media. Um, to vote and to just, you know, trying to think about human rights in this election, because I think it's very different from just doing, um, just having like parties um, as we usually do, because there's a lot at stake for people, you know, how they're living is at stake. So, and mm, a lot of people's human rights. Yeah, and especially with the coronavirus, um, still, you know, we're at our highest, you know, rate of it right now. Um, People, I mean, people are voting based on that. Exactly, too. Yeah, there's, I mean, there's just everything is up in the air. And so I don't think this is a regular election. I think this is a test for our country to really kind of show where we're at. And it's showing that we're not at a good place. Um, I think there's a lot of people in the world right now that is, care a lot more about power and money um, in terms of race. Um, and themselves than a lot of people's human rights. And that's a difficult thing for all the people that are being affected by that. But um, yeah, I've been encouraging people to vote on social media. You know, we've been talking about it in classes and you know, that's the, the best that I've really done um, in terms of that. I mean, promoting voting is literally the most, I think certainly with regards to making change in this very moment is the most you can do. Yeah, and especially um, with young people, I think making it, um, I was having this conversation with a few other people recently that um, when you make it kind of a, like, I don't want to say like pressure, but social pressure to feel obligated, like that's your duty to, to vote um, with young people is really, um, I don't know, I think it increases the turnout a little bit. Yeah. And like, obviously, polls in Illinois have closed at this point. Um, oh, yeah. But you know, your vote's a matter of public record. I can look up if you voted. I don't know who you voted for, but I can look up if you voted, <laughs> if you were eligible. Um, yeah. Just ask your birthday. So if, you, okay. if you become famous um, and you didn't vote in this election, we will know. We're coming and we for will you. shame you. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think I mean, that's no, something. Like, yeah, I know people, I mean, there's really no excuse for not voting. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's what's also really amazing about this election is the fact that so many people came out to vote. 
I think that I've seen like so many people on social media, like I've never voted before. This is my first time voting. And they're like 27, they're Mm -hmm. like 30s. And there were some people are even like in their 60s. And I'm like, wow, that's like amazing. But I mean, it's sad that it takes, you know, this amount of craziness to bring out your voice, but it's amazing that you're using it. So Mm -hmm. Like that's also like I know a lot of like even media organizations are like endorsing candidates for the first time. Like Scientific American endorsed Biden for as like the first candidate in like the hundred some years they've existed because it's about way more than everything. It's it's a lot. It's best about more than other elections have been. Right, and which is I mean you look at that and you're like science never endorses anybody because they don't get involved in political parties. But in this election, like science is on the line and like who listens to scientists is on the line so Mm -hmm. that's that I mean if you look at all the important people and all the smart people in this world who they're pointing to it's like maybe that should shift you to guide you to who you should be supporting as well um Mm -hmm. because it just doesn't make any sense if everyone who is smart and and strong-headed is going towards a certain way for you to go like why are you going against it I, I really wouldn't know I don't understand it. Um, yeah. yeah. And I think a lot of, like, I think even the parties understand that this is also like the first time in a hundred years the Republicans haven't announced like actual policies because mm-hmm. they may or may not have policies. If you would ask me, they don't. Um, but it's about like the person. It's about is Trump the right person to lead us into the future and to tell a story that matters to and speaks to Americans and to mm-hmm. what we believe in. Yeah, in addition to that, I think that Republican, like the Republican Party needs to reinvent themselves. I I don't, whatever they stand for, it's definitely not anything that a lot of people can get behind anymore. And even people who used to identify as Republican don't feel like they can anymore because Mm -hmm. of a lot of the stuff that is associated with them. And I don't even really understand what the two parties do politically, to be honest. I, I understand from a social standpoint and and social justice what the two parties do but I don't really know the difference between like their I guess my mom talked to me about a a little bit about the economy and and you know Republicans are more for like capitalism and but I just don't understand so I, I I think there is a I guess a failure to really express what they're about, especially with the leader that they have. So it's really interesting. And I, I don't understand the two party system anyway. Um, but yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a flawed system, certainly. Yeah. Um, that said, it's also like the one we have, right? At least at this moment. Um, yeah, and I think. Would I wish that changes? Yeah, sure. I think it could. I mean, definitely could. And the same goes, I think the same is true of Democrats. I think the Democratic Party also needs to think about what it is. And like reinvent itself. Yeah, I agree with that too. Um, so Carmia, um, do you want to talk a little bit about like what student council has been doing in regards to the election and also you personally and like how the kind of, if you've sensed kind of a feeling towards what tonight's outcome is or like what how people are feeling um for tonight's outcome and then how you're personally feeling about tonight 
So in terms of the election, the student union, um, we've more been focusing on like the student body and how we've been feeling in school right now. Um, I definitely think that whatever elections are going to come within this year, I don't know what other elections are coming up if there's like representative elections, but I and definitely the, know that. I'll say the Evanston mayoral election is happening. Yes. Um, which is, may, I think, the yes, other important that's one. Really important, yeah. And I definitely, give me one second, sorry. Yeah, and just, okay, for con sorry. Oh, sorry. just for context, the Evanston mayoral elections primaries are, I believe, February 28th. Um, oh, and so if there's then the need, yeah, and then if there's the need mm -hmm. to go on to the general election, which I think only happens if no candidate gets 50, um, mm -hmm. that would be April 9th, I think. I could oh be my God, that's my things. birthday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I think that there will definitely be stuff that we'll do just to, you know, campaign for, for, for teaching students how to be an informed voter. I think mm -hmm. that's a really important job of mine and like of the student union, if you're involved, figuring out a way to do that is really important. Because it teaches... Yeah, and I think, yeah, kind of just going off. Teaching what people you... how to... Yeah, it's, and it's a skill I think you can use like throughout your whole life and especially in um, young adulthood. Um, like if you know how to how to grasp like knowing how to vote what to research and what to do it's kind of like you can you can use that um not just when voting but when talking to other people about politics which is super important yeah definitely and also i i was wanted to talk to about um the election and how i feel about it i definitely I'm a little bit on the edge, but I think that enough people um, care about other people to to vote for Biden. I I just think that it's enough that Trump has just been saying all this crazy stuff and you know doing all this crazy stuff that it's going to move towards Biden. Hopefully, that's what I'm feeling and that's what I'm hoping for. Um, and I think definitely Illinois went blue <laughs> just recently. That's great. Um, and I think that, yeah, a lot of that has to do with a lot of new voters coming in, a lot of new people coming in. Um, I definitely think it's important to stay safe, though, during these next few days, just because no matter what happens, some uh, people are going to be upset. So, and and Trump has literally made a race <laughs> war in very, very possible in the coming days. So just being safe and you know taking care of yourself and just don't go in places where you know that you know riots or things could happen um you know just try to i guess try to keep a level head and try to stay safe and you know think about the well-being of the people because it's going to get a little bit crazy so i know it's definitely going to be crazy mm -hmm. and yeah absolutely and i think um Zachary and I were talking about this a little earlier, but, you know, it's definitely a, an amazing tool to be able to go and um, protest um, just if, you know, that doesn't lead to violence. And um, I think what I see as my like most powerful tool. And I'm, I know for like, I know that for some people it's, it is just going out and, 
being a part of a group that's, you know, fight or fighting for something in a crowd, like in a protest. Um, but for me, I think like being able to talk to people and like finding a way to like form um, like a plan or a policy that could could change or um, shift shift what's going on, I think is also a really powerful tool. Yeah, I agree. And I was just talking to my mom about also like, or who else was I talking to about this? I don't know about also the small things being important too. Um, you know, not everyone is a policymaker. Not everyone is the big change maker. And there are some small things that you can do, you know, right next to your neighbors. Anything that is small things really do matter. And they make a big impact. And like, whatever your thing is, just go out and do it. Because I know a lot of people, they try to do the biggest thing they can possibly do. And sometimes it's too complicated to take something on altogether. And there's little small things that you can do to make a difference as well that you don't see making a difference, but somebody else may see the difference that it made. So that's important as well. Yeah, and it's just like those small things, yeah, they can be really useful for others and they should be, but they also can really help you. Like it's really just it's like listening to music you like. And we were talking about this at the start and doing stuff that you enjoy. Um, and you know, I, I've also been feeling it's difficult to do that because that's not what we're told to do. We're told to work. We're told to create things that have value to a money-hungry system. Um, but that doesn't need to be what it is, and it shouldn't be. So we need to take time to create things that are good for us. And then, yeah, small acts of kindness really do go a long way. I'll definitely piggyback off that and just saying that like self-care goes a long way. A lot of people that hurt other people hurt themselves as well. And so um, a good way to make sure that you're putting out the best of yourself into the world is to make sure just piggybacking off exactly just to, you know, take care of yourself and make sure you are, you're sound and you're level-headed and you know what you want and you're doing the best thing for you and you're taking care of yourself because then it's, so much easier to give that out to other people. Yeah. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Definitely, and like there's so many other struggles with mental health at the moment, struggling with isolation and mm -hmm. the depression that can come with it. And mm -hmm. it's it's, you know, adding the anxiety of election does not help. And so you should be able to take time for yourself and say, hey, I need to rest. I need to deep, you know, get away from this. Um and I hope people do take that time for them. Yeah. And I, you know, um, we were also talking about this a little bit earlier and we can um, talk about it later too. <laughs> but um, the overall tone, I mean, within our school um, and like, how do you feel that's going to be? I mean, you know, in terms of like getting online tomorrow um, and like, not just in our school, but around Evanston, how do you, do you have like a prediction of what that's going to be like? Um, it does really just depends on who wins. If you know, if it, if it goes the way that most of us wanted to go, I think that there is going to be a slight fear just of retaliation of, you know, white supremacists and <laughs> violent groups. But also, I think that if Biden were to win, um, I think that 
some people would, I think we would all be able to take a breath. Take a breath. Just because it's just been so crazy four years with, with Trump, like very, just very crazy and so much at stake. And so just to have that, I feel like it would be a sense of security, even though, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean everything is fine. But now, on the other hand, if Trump were to win, um, I don't know if a lot of people would come to school. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, something like I was saying that again, we we're talking about it like before you came on is like they sh- the school should have given off tomorrow in my mind, and I get why they didn't, but like I think people need space. Um, and I think you're right, I think a lot of people won't join a Zoom, and you know, since that's all it is right now, not much penalty for doing it or for not doing it, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so we have another guest joining us um, along with Carmia. Um, and we're gonna get both of your thoughts um, uh, about like the issues that are most important to you um, with these next four years. So Zach, do you wanna introduce our next guest? Yeah, I will. And he can also like, you know, do a bit of an introduction for himself once he gets in. Um, but the next person we're going to have on is senior Jonathan Zengich, Um who, yeah. Jonathan, I think you're, can you hear us and stuff? Yeah, I can hear you. Great. Now we can hear you. Um, do you want to give yourself a bit of an introduction before we keep talking? Yeah, sure. Um, I'm Jonathan Zenkich. I'm a senior at ETHS. Um, I'd say that my reason for being I'm involved in some political clubs at school. I recently started a politics club this year with a couple other students. Yeah, thanks, Jonathan. Um, I'll be honest, I couldn't hear that, but I don't know if it was on me. So yeah, maybe do you want to try your mic one more time? Can you guys hear me? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, how far did I get? Uh um I just started the a politics, politics club, I think. I, yeah. yeah. Yeah, okay. So uh yeah, I I founded the politics club with a few other students. So I'm really interested in politics. I've been doing model UN as well. And um excited to be here and see how the night is gonna unfold. Yeah, I have a quick, I, I have a quick question about that. What? Okay, what is the politics club? Because I didn't even know that was a thing. Like, what do you guys talk about? What do you guys do? That sounds awesome. Yeah, I mean, right now what we've had um, is basically just uh, like meetings where we kind of talk about a couple current events, kind of pose some questions, and those questions can kind of be a a springboard for anyone to kind of go off on it and any kind of tangent that they like on those questions but we're also looking into having some some guest speakers uh for our mayoral election and um, we, we want to engage different people who are involved in politics in, in more ways but we've only had a few meetings so far okay that sounds cool yeah, and what we were just talking about before you came on is just like how you think the school and the Evanston community like is going to feel tomorrow, what the mood is going to be, what the tone is. Um, 
can you like maybe share a bit about like what you think might happen tomorrow and then just also like how you think things have been in the last week or so? Yeah, I mean, I think that the last week has been, at least what I've seen, a very anxiety-ridden week. Um, I think rightfully so. Um, I think tomorrow, well, it can obviously go one of two ways. Um, Joe Biden wins. I think that there is some relief, but um, I wouldn't say full relief. I think there's still going to be some anxiety just because of the way that the election might um, continue to play out over the next couple of days. And obviously, if, if we see that Trump is a clear winner tonight, I think that that just gets worse and everyone is going to feel absolutely terrible tomorrow. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> That is what I would agree on. That's a pretty good prediction. I mean, I think both of you had pretty accurate um, predictions is like, we don't really know um, how people are going to feel just because I think, I mean, four years ago, I think people were like, oh, um, like we're going to be, we're going to have the first, at least in Evanston, people were saying, oh, we're going to have the first woman president. And I think the reason why the shift was so different um, within um, Evanston, at least, was no one was expecting it. Whereas this year, I think a lot of people are putting those two situations in their heads um, that this could happen. And yeah. Um, so I think we're going to um, move, kind of switch gears a little bit um, onto what the both of you um, think is kind of the most important the most important issues going, what are the most important issues going into the next um, four years um, of whoever, whatever candidate wins. And um, if both of you wanna explain a little bit, both just as a student and then as a student involved in um, political, like, I don't wanna say organization, but just groups that talk about politics, civic engagement groups, why this is important to you and like why these issues um yeah are kind of at the forefront of your mind so um Carmia do you want to start us off yeah um I think the first thing that comes to mind is definitely racial tensions and then like the economy because that I think those two kind of play into each other I mean I think a lot of things play into each other but I definitely think that taxes um, I have a big deal to do with just everything in our country. Um, being in the student, um, being the student rep, I, I hear a lot about the budget of our school. And I know that we're struggling with that with ourselves. Like, do we take some money from the stuff that we regularly use during regular school to accommodate to what we're doing now, even though we're going to have to go back? Is it going to affect us in the future? Um, so just those type of questions and like that goes all the way to the federal government, like money, it has to come from somewhere. And then after you get it, it, it disappears like this because everything needs money, everything needs funding. So um, I definitely think that the working class people cannot be taxed anymore um, than they are already being taxed. I, I mean, I look at doing research in my sociology class, like the average person makes, I think it's less than 66, don't quote me on this, but um, maybe less than 66,000 um, 
dollars a year, which if you live in Evanston, you basically can't do that with a family. You can would not be able to live here with the taxes um, and just how expensive property is. So, yeah, I think that the tax plan for Trump and just cutting back funding on big corporations and playing into capitalism and and relying on them to give people jobs is it's not working. I mean, you see all these billionaires getting all this money and just racking up all this money and then somebody else is like in debt and is getting kicked out of their house. I mean, it doesn't make sense in a situation, even when we're in a pandemic, it really sheds light on this type of thing. So I think that's really important to look at. But I also think that racial tensions, um, I think that's a really, really big issue as well, because if we don't feel united as a country, then all of these other things that you want to carry and put in place, they aren't going to matter if we are at war with ourselves. So um, that's a really, 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 really big deal and a big thing that we have to face. And I think that it's, somebody has to bring us together. I don't, I don't know how. It seems, it seems really difficult when you have people that are so tribal and that are so focused on themselves and their power on both sides. Just like, what do you do with that? It's really hard to kind of get people to even sit down and have a conversation. And a lot of people are angry. Um, the pandemic plays a lot into that. But that is something that definitely needs to be looked at a lot. Yeah. Jonathan, do you want to share like what some of the important things are to you or, and then we can also yeah. like respond to each other. Yeah. Um, I agree a lot with what Carmia said. I think that, um, well, you started with the economy and when, when Zach asked me what the important issues were for me, the, the first one I said was the economy. Um, just because I think that most of the problems that we see in our country are in, can in some way be related back to economics and the financial states that people deal with. So I think that, especially with taxation, I think that there are downsides to both candidates with taxation. Um, you know, Joe Biden wants to rescind the, the Trump tax cuts. And while I see the, the you know, attempt to increase taxes on the, the uber wealthy in our country, I think that the Trump tax cuts did decrease taxes slightly on middle-income Americans. So uh, if we're completely rescinding the Trump tax cuts, I think that that's, uh, and I guess I'll preface this with saying that my, my suspicion is that I think that Joe Biden will win the election. So if those tax cuts are rescinded, I think that we have to be careful in the way that we go about handling middle-income Americans and making sure that we're not increasing taxes on them. And I think that uh, adding a lot of government spending, be that through healthcare or other social programs, environmental programs especially, you run a risk of either running massive deficits, which I think is um, something we're seeing a lot of this year. Our government is gonna be running a huge deficit this year, or we're gonna to have to raise taxes on middle-income Americans simply because there is not enough money at the top to fund certain programs. So I think that's something that we're gonna to have to be looking, looking forward to and um, I, I would say that, you know, national debt and economy are things that matter to me. I'd say foreign policy matters to me as well, as well. but in terms of racial tensions, um, yeah, I, 
I was reading earlier that there, there's a big divide between what Republicans and Democrats think the uh, most important issue is. Republicans tend to think it's the economy and Democrats tend to go along the lines of racial tensions and coronavirus. But I think that with racial tensions in mind, I honestly don't see a, a specific way that either candidate is going to heal that simply because I think that right now our government is not in a state of being willing to legislate if that makes sense. Yeah. I have a question. I don't know if you guys have the, I, I definitely don't have a lot of the skills to talk about the economy as in depth as I would like to, but I, I'm wondering like, you know, healthcare right now is just not working for a lot of people anyway, because it's just so expensive and just, I know that a lot of people can't afford it and they're not getting all the benefits that they should be getting and they're paying all this money and then still have to pay, I mean, $5,000 before you can get covered on these surgeries. So I know that at least um, for a lot of people. Um, so like how, I don't know how we would know this possibly, but I'm just throwing the question out there. Like in terms of taxes and stuff and the economy, um, how do you think there, like we could balance it so we're not, taking so much taxes from people, but we can still better healthcare because it's clearly a very flawed system. Jonathan, certainly can respond to that. I'll yeah. like say um, in my own, oh, go oh, ahead, I mean, go ahead. Sorry, you can go, or should I? Okay, um, I think that there, in my opinion, the problem with our current healthcare system is that there's a lot of, of inefficiency within the system. And I think one of those things is, um, our government um, doesn't negotiate drug prices, which which drives the price of drugs off uh, drugs up. I think when you're talking about um, just general expenses, general health expenditures for like an average American, um, prescription drugs are one of the first things that comes to mind for me, because even though uh, elective surgeries can have, uh, they're not as common as someone being prescribed drugs, obviously. And then there's a lot of um, kind of entanglements within the federal healthcare system that kind of complicates things in my view unnecessarily. And that I think kind of wastes a lot of the money that we have directed at healthcare. And I think that there's, uh, there's some CBO reports that show this as well. There's a lot of waste, fraud and abuse of all of the social programs we have on a federal level that I think um, cut back on would drastically improve what our government is able to do. Yeah, I mean, like, like that certainly is one option. I, I'm sure there is a good amount of possibly redundancy or whatnot. Um, I think that's true across the board with just systems as, as they exist. Um, I, I mean, I personally am in favor of just, yeah, raising taxes on those super wealthy. Um, you know, that's something Illinois is trying to move towards with the fair tax, um, which is an important thing on the ballot in Illinois. Um, but yeah, it needs to be done at a federal level, I think, in a, in a way that it hasn't been. And certainly, you know, Trump cutting the taxes on those people um, did not help. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I guess while we're talking about um, healthcare, like we're in that realm, what are, you know, with either outcome, 
how are you both thinking about the coronavirus and like how you want, you know, whoever we elect to proceed with, um, like what's going on right now? Um, I think definitely in terms of people's safety, I think people or just like facts-wise, they're going to be so much better off with Biden. Um, we've seen how Trump has handled this situation. Um, he recently had, I don't know if he even still has, I have no idea. We don't know because we're not getting any information on it. Um, the coronavirus and he just doesn't wear a mask at his rallies and doesn't, I mean, it encourages people to not do so as well and calls it a hoax. I think it's very much real and alive. I mean, Hecky in our Evanston town, I know that that's um, someone wide known that has died from that. And just like, it's just a very real thing. Um, I definitely would trust Biden more because of how he personally takes care of it. Um, with himself, he always wears a mask. I mean, right after the debates, he throws a mask on, hugs his wife. He, he demonstrates the safety guidelines. And so I would trust him to do that with the country because he takes care of himself in that way. Um, and that's a good example. Um, but in terms of, I'm going to think of what he even said, I guess regulations are things that are just going to go into more effect under him if he does win, um, which is interesting. I, I want to talk about with you guys how people argue um, that their human rights are being taken away from these regulations when it's a safety precaution and it's a safety issue. Um, I definitely understand you know, wanting to open up the country, you know, wanting to get back to your life, but every single person is struggling and it's not an individual group thing. Every single person in the world is basically going through this. Um, unless they've gotten all the cases down in some places, not us. Um, but every single person in the world is dealing with this. And so I, I just, I'm kind of confused at the viewpoint that this is something that is taking away rights um, but yeah, I definitely would, I don't want Trump to win, um, but I would not trust him at all because of what he's shown, um, in the virus, um, and what he's done with it now. Yeah, I mean, I agree with that and I don't, I don't think he's done an adequate job at all. I think he's, they've, you know, this is something that shouldn't have been political. It really mm -hmm. shouldn't have been. Mm -hmm. um, there shouldn't have been protests over people wearing a mask. That, that's like, I don't, you know, like, and the thing is a pandemic you could have predicted. I don't think anyone would have predicted that, right? Mm -hmm. um, people have predicted pandemics. Um, like, it shouldn't have been made political. And, again almost every other country in the world has had it under control and yeah it's getting worse in a lot of places it's not just america where it's getting substantially worse but also it's always been substantially worse in america because it never got better in any way it's only gotten worse right um, um yeah, jonathan oh god okay i was just i was just gonna say that like it's not i guess uh, that people i'm not faulting trump for the act of the virus it's no one's fault you can't really do anything about it but once it got here there was literally no precautions taken on his end 
And to just see that, and we have no control. Like, I'm not the president. I can't order everyone to do anything. I can't put things in place. I can't do that. But he just mm-hmm. chose not to do that and also chose to lie. And it's on record that he chose to lie to the American people, to downplay it, to not get people scared. But, you know, it's better to be scared and safe than to be, I guess, than to feel comfortable and be unsafe. So. Um, quick question if I can. So would you say that like your qualms with President Trump's handling of the virus are more in terms of kind of the way he has like acted on a personal level and kind of presented the whole thing to the American public or they're on a policy level with what his administration has done in regards to the virus or maybe both? But I would definitely say both. I think that what you do to yourself and how and how you take care of yourself represents how you take care of other people most of the time, not all the time. But um, just him not being, not wearing a mask himself and, and thinking of it as a joke represents that he thinks of, for me, I take that as you think it's a joke for the country, but as well, just firing the pandemic, just totally dismantling the pandemic um, staff and um, what is the word? blanking um i guess the things that obama had in place for if something were to happen like this and just totally disbanding that i think that's completely irresponsible and that's like totally counterintuitive to the situation that's going on like if there's a pandemic why don't you use that whole thing that's put in place for you and in addition to that um you know telling i guess worrying about the country as he should you know about the economy and stuff like that but not about people's lives. And I think that never apologizing for the lives that have been lost because of this is just a direct slap in the face to all the people um, who have had their families just destroyed from this or have people who have lost a relative, um, a best friend, all that stuff. He's never addressed that and said, you know, I, I think I'd have more respect if he said, you know what, we didn't see this coming or if he just said, you know, I didn't do a great job and, but here's what I have and here's what I have for the future. Here's what I'm going to do now. That was never said. It was just that I've done the greatest I could possibly do. That's all I heard. And that's just not the case because everything that you could have done was not done. And it has been talked about. I mean, I've listened to countless podcasts about just all of the doctors. He just won't listen to the people that he fires, just all of this stuff that he just, continue to neglect within the administration as well within himself so yeah i'd say both of those things i think i'd say um i would definitely agree with your i'll put it this way my my issue with president trump's response to the pandemic has kind of always been more on the kind of uh like acting as a leader level um, I think that it's not necessarily the way that I view the president. Like my view of the presidency is kind of more policy oriented, but I know that the presidency has kind of evolved to also be one of, of reassurance and leadership for the country through tough times. And I think that, yeah, Trump failed doing that. Um, he didn't he was hesitant from the beginning to kind of endorse all the common sense measures to um, prevent the the, the spreading of the virus. Um, And I think that's probably because he knows that a lot of his base were kind of in that 
um, masking goes against my rights crowd, which isn't a view that I agree with, but that's probably why he did it. But in terms of policy, I think that the, the administration as a whole has done a relatively okay job. I think that they did kind of what they could with the information they had. And I think that you've seen a lot of Democratic governors acknowledge that. Like Andrew Cuomo has said that President Trump gave him everything he needed in order to be able to fight this virus. And um, Gavin Newsom has said the same. So I think that on a policy level, he's not perfect by no means, but a little bit better um, than he was on the kind of interpersonal level. But certainly I think that it's a, a, a stain on his reputation. Yeah, I mean, and go ahead. I was just gonna say, um, Jonathan, in terms of like asking some governors to open up the state, um, where cases are rising, I think that was personally an irresponsible thing to do um, just because you're just putting people's lives at risk. So in terms of that, what do you say about that in terms of policy? Because that, I, I don't know if that falls under policy or whatever that falls under. Um, I think you know a lot more about that than I do. But yeah. um, I, I, see, I see what you mean. Um, I think that the view of Trump is kind of the more open up cautiously view. I mean, you may not agree that it's cautious at all, which I can, I can see why you have that view, but I think that Trump has kind of come around on the measures that he lacked on at the beginning. Like he does endorse masks now and he, he endorses social distancing. I know that he's pretty, not a great example of it himself, but I think that going back to the economy, which, which is what we were talking about, his view is that we're going to cause more damage by staying closed than we are by um, slowly opening up. So uh, I think that's why he's doing that. And I don't think that falls under like as much of a mishap as like he was in March saying it was a hoax, right? Yeah, I mean, I think you can definitely, I disagree with like the whole, the cure is worse than the, the disease thing. I, I do. But I was like, I think it is, I think it is fair to acknowledge that Trump has come around on some of those things. But I also think it's like, if you're not doing it yourself, people look up to you, right? The role of the president, among other things, is to be a, 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 a role model and a guide for, for the nation. Like, other countries did crack down early and like, yeah, maybe things are still getting worse across the board. Um, but like we would have been spared a lot of deaths and a lot of loss if there had been like an overall government response, which was, you know, maybe an issue with having governors with their own powers and all that. Um, but so like the government should have done, in my opinion, should have done something very clear at the beginning to say, this is what our policy is. Um, you know, it should have been based off listening to doctors and listening to people like Fauci and whatnot. And I also wanted to pose a question about um, our character because I know that a lot of people, which I don't understand it, just personally being a black woman, it's really hard for me to support someone who has been racist. Um, but I know a lot of people don't think they're like, I don't care what type of person he is. I care what he can do for the country and how he can lead the economy and just what do you guys think about 
personality and, and I guess, business politics skills. Should they go hand in hand? I personally think they should. I think it's important to, to be a leader personally and, and know what you're doing on the political side as well. Um, but I know that some people, I'm like, why are you voting for this guy? I mean, look at like all the things he said, like personal things he said and all his views on people in general that don't look like him. And um, it's like, the answer is always, well, I like what he does in this policy. I like what he does in that policy. And that's more important than who he is. So I was wondering how you guys felt about that. I think that um, the, the view you're describing is kind of a view that I've consistently had toward um, President Trump. I think my, I do have a lot of policy agreements with him, but my hesitation in this ele election cycle and you know, from what I can remember in 2016 has always been his character. And while I, as I said, I, I view the presidency as probably more policy, policy, policy than a lot of other Americans do. I do think that there's that important leadership role to play. So yeah, I, I, I don't have a great answer to your question because it's something that I struggle with myself. Like where's the line what is the line that I draw between a flawed character and policy that I disagree with and I think might harm the country? Can I, I think like, that's huh. something that a lot of other people are dealing with as well. Um, yeah, could I ask like what some of those policies you disagree with that Biden or other Democrats, it would be my assumption, like are saying that like you do think are harmful for the country? Yeah, I mean, I think their general economic view is harmful for the country. I don't, I, uh, I prefer smaller government. I think that higher taxation harms the economy. I don't support Medicare for all. Um, I'd say my biggest qualms are with, are with economic policy. And obviously I've, I've said that's the most important thing to me. So, yeah. Um, so do you think like, I guess you want, a more like capitalism, you think like more a capitalism type way of the government running. So do you think, I guess, do you think there's a balance? Cause I think there's definitely a balance. I don't think that, I don't think that capitalism or if we're gonna go on the whole other end, which isn't an, an exact opposite, but it for um, communism or socialism or something like that, neither of those will ever work in my opinion by themselves. I think that there has to be a balance between. But um, as we're talking about the billionaires that keep getting richer, do you trust them to give jobs and to um, kind of like keep the economy going in that way um, as they continue with this money and with their own, I guess, fame and fortune? I don't know that I necessarily trust them to kind of do the private business and to fund all these people and give people jobs. How do you feel about that? I mean, to me, it's not about like personally trusting them as much as it is, as much as it is just simply like knowing the like e like knowing the nature of what they're gonna do. So, 
say we assume that they are acting in their best interest, trying to make more money. In order to do that, they're going to have to invest that money. They're going to have to employ more people. They're going to have to create products that we all like and, and use and benefit from and increase the standard of our living. So I think it's kind of in the nature of those very, very wealthy people to have an effect, a positive effect on the rest of us. Yeah, and like, I mean, I don't know. I think it's a good question. And I think how we deal with the growing number of billionaires is a valid question. Because I mean, certainly I think there are plenty of them who are trying, who are giving back in jobs or, you know, in, in charitable donations and whatnot. Um, I think Gates is a good example of that. Yeah. Um, but like at the same time, yeah, like if you are concentrating wealth and then you're not, if you're not inclined in those same ways, um, it is taking from from the people who who are struggling and from people who don't have money. And then if, certainly in places where taxes are different. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I also, um, I also like just worry that if those people, like those same small group of people keep getting richer and richer, then they are kind of controlling the economy. You know, I, I wish that it was easier, I guess, or more common for more people to, you know, well, I guess without, with less government involvement, I guess that would allow for more businesses and more people to flourish and start their own things. Um, but I'm just wondering how it's different from, I guess, having a lot of government involvement to have those same people running the economy because they have the most amount of money and are creating the amount of jobs and they have the most power. And so it's a small amount of people still having a, a large amount of power over the rest of us because they have the most amount of money and have the resources to generate those things. I guess if I, if I may, I'd say like, those are valid worries, but I'm not sure what the alternative is other than like breaking up their power in a way that our economy is massively hurt. Like for one, I think like a, a common disagreement that I have with like the, the view that you're presenting is that take Jeff Bezos. I know that uh, Jeff Bezos is a very controversial figure to say the least, but like the, the money that is, goes into Jeff Bezos net worth is mostly in Amazon stock. Like it's, it's 90% Amazon stock. So for one, he hasn't really taken that money from someone like that value has just simply been created as the, the value of Amazon has gone up. But like, how do you change that? in a way that you don't jeopardize the efficiency and benefits to the economy and to people's jobs of that, of that company. I mean, certainly one option. Yeah, it is going to damage the company. And then it's a question of like, is, should money and efficiency be the goal in a, in a, in a system? And I think, you know, that's certainly yes in the current system. I don't know if that should be what it is. Personally, I would say probably not. I know one solution would be, yeah, break up those monopolies, turn Amazon into five different companies. Mm -hmm. it's big enough and yeah that damages things but i think that would put it in a better direction 
I hate to say, but Amazon's probably going to take over the world. Have you guys heard about the um, the grocery store that they have? Gosh, yes. and they have like the grocery store where they can they can like weigh your stuff. It's insane. Yeah, I'm, like scans like, it as you put it in. Soon, my flowers are going to be Amazon flowers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like. So, like I, I bet I don't know how you all like, do it. Yeah. I strangely follow Amazon, just like what's going on there. It's like I think it's a, just interest. I think it's just like it's a. Uh, it represents a worldview. I don't believe it, and I would also say break up Google or break up Alphabet, break up some of these other companies. Right. Like I don't know. If yeah. It's a worldview I don't believe in, but yeah, it is like the worldview that I think is the at least the one that people generally accept is like yeah, you should try to get more wealth and try to build efficiency Mm -hmm. and I think I mean the question I think about when we talk about and like we're talking about like accumulating wealth is like um you know who who's been able to do that um throughout history and I think that I think that for me is like the personal struggle with like um thinking about the economy is how like yeah I don't know who's been able to to benefit from this system and and how I don't know and how that isn't hasn't been you know equitable for lots of groups of people for so long and it still isn't um and I don't know that's the that's the consistent question that I have with that yeah definitely if I could speak on that I'm I'm currently learning about this in my sociology class um, as well, just about how white people have accumulated so much more wealth than black people and literally how this happened throughout history. And so it starts with slavery, not being able to have money at all because you were a slave. Um, and then um, people who own slaves have, white people who own slaves, um, have accumulated the wealth that they basically use slaves to get so they already have that. And then money grows over time. And so from that time of slaves not being able to live in a, and function in society, um, white people have been growing their money from that time. And once they were introduced, you know, when slavery was abolished, they're already this far behind, you know, like they've accumulated all this wealth and they're just starting back here. And then we go to the housing dilemma where Black people were denied housing in profitable areas where houses were were of more value. And so then that is also lost. And that's another thing that's behind. And then it was I was we were also talking about even in college, you know, if the same amount of black people and white people were to go to college, um, white people usually don't have to give their money away to their family because there's already this accumulated wealth. So if you're, and they're usually not the first person to go to college in their family. And so when you go to college, it's your life that you're starting as opposed to a black or brown person. You go to college and you have all this family behind you who has no education, has no money. And so you end up having to give your wealth away and you can't grow it. And so there's, I mean, there's millions and millions of factors in this country that have just stopped a lot of people from building wealth and, and I guess being involved in in the capitalistic, idealistic view of, you know, having, being able to run our own private businesses and do all that stuff. A lot of people have not been able to do that. And so I think that's really important too. It's like in a perfect world, 
maybe that would work, you know, maybe we would be able to give people jobs and a lot, but like people, some people aren't able to get to that point and they won't be able to because they're miles and miles behind because of all these barriers that have put, been put in place to stop them from that. And there's just so much evidence, like you could just read about it, <laughs> just read about it, look it up. Um, and you can see that it's, it's definitely a big issue. And it's, I mean, it's almost hard to believe because it's like, how, how has this continued to happen? But it's just very real. And the, literally the people at the top, the 1% of the richest people in the world are white men, which don't represent everyone. They represent a small amount of all the people in America and all the people in the world. And so, and there's still misogyny and all that stuff like that doesn't go away. Um, and it's ingrained into society. And so to have those people in power too, does affect, you know, the social part of stuff if we're not talking about the economy and stuff like that. Which also brings me to um, what's her name? The new woman in the Supreme Court. Is it? Barrett. Yes, Amy Tony Barrett. So I'm wondering how you guys feel about her. I think it's more um, definitely from a social justice and, and a rights point of view. And I, that's what I'm looking at her um, from definitely abortion rights um, and how I really think that that's bringing a lot of religion into politics, even though, I mean, basically American politics has been built off of Christianity, a lot of it, um, and a lot of views are brought in from Christianity, which has, I'm saying nothing against Christianity. I allow people to believe what they want to believe, but I know that that is a big thing that is um, at stake and birth control and a lot of things that prevent um, unwanted pregnancy and then all these rights. Oh, also in terms of gay marriage and stuff like that, I think that is really, really, I don't know. I, I feel like there's a lot of religion being brought into that when it's more about people's just like well-being and right to live. I mean, you should be able to get married to somebody. I don't know what the issue is with that, but I, I'm wondering how you guys feel about her. Um, yeah, Jonathan, if you want to just like respond to um, what Kamir was just talking about, that'd be great. Yeah. I unfortunately yeah. we do need to like kind of keep moving on. Um, which is right. sad, but yeah. Um, I'd say yeah, I'll try to keep my comments short about Amy, Amy Coney Barrett. I think that uh, I definitely like see the hesitation of people to kind of uh, embrace her because she's religious, but like. From all that I've heard of her confirmation, her kind of judicial philosophy is one of like keeping her personal religion out of the decisions she's making. So I think if that's the case and she doesn't bring her, her personal religion into it, like I, I don't really see an issue with her appointment. And I think even if that weren't the case, I really don't think that there's going to be an overturning of of any landmark case. I don't think Obergefell is gonna get overturned. I don't think Roe versus Wade is gonna get overturned. I think that while there are some Republicans that want that, I don't think it's it's a smart political move for them. And I think they know that. So yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm skeptical on the on the worry that Obergefell or Roe versus Wade is gonna get overturned. Um, yeah, that's what I have to say about that. 
Yeah. Um, and obviously we could keep going off this discussion for a long time. Um, mm-hmm, absolutely. And we want to thank you both for coming on and having it and, and, you know, being kind and respectful and being willing to engage in this. So, mm-hmm. and I thought, yeah. And like, yeah, I love to, I, I don't know. I like, I think this conversation was really um, constructive and I think um, especially on election night, I think, I mean, I'm like kind of like double, I'm watching the, uh, a feed and I know Zach is too um, and maybe you guys are too, but um, like as we're talking and I think, you know, I don't know when it comes down to it, like uh, I think it's really important to talk about just like the issues and policy that's going on and not like, oh, like who's going to win or like who, how many votes are there? And, you know, um, so thank you. Yeah. And certainly. Thank you we, guys. Yeah, and to, yeah. And to hear more from Jonathan. Yeah. yeah. Jonathan, you gotta, we gotta have some more conversations. Yeah. I like that. A healthy disagreement goes a long way. So sure. Yes. Yeah. And I also, I want to get, I want to go into your politics. Um, is it your club? I would love yeah. to stop by sometime. Sure. Is it, am I allowed to do that? Yeah, of course. Okay. Um, I can email you the, the Google Classroom. And we can also, Devin um, Sonia did a profile on Politics Club uh, for our October issue. We can certainly put that in like the show notes once we actually have show notes and uh, you can check out our, our site for more on that. And yeah, and to hear more from Carmia, certainly you can listen. Uh, she has this, a student rep letter coming out in our next issue um, to hear more about some of the stuff student union's doing. Yeah, thank you both. Yeah. All right. thank, thank you, you guys, bye. Hi, thank you. Um, so thank you all for staying um, active and watching this. Um, I thought that was a really good conversation. Zach, what do you think? Yeah, I agree. I certainly would love to have longer conversations with them and I'm glad they came and yeah. Yeah, um, we are going to bring on two students um, from ETHS um, to talk a little less about policy, a little bit more about, you know, the student perspective they have on um, on the election, how it's going right now, just because we do have a little, um, we have more results um, in um, than we did when we started. So um, yeah, I'll admit them right now. We're bringing on another two, set of two seniors. Everyone we've had on so far has been a senior. Uh, but Patrick Hughes and Izzy Basso. Hello. How are y'all? How are you guys doing? Hi. I'm doing pretty good. How are y'all? Oh, okay. I love the mics. They're, uh, your, your voices are calming. Thank you. Uh, thank you. Have you have y'all been tuning in earlier? It's okay if um, not. No, I uh, I was um, trying to keep my I was trying to focus on other things right now, mm-hmm. so I don't go Absolutely. crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. How are you? Like, are you all watching some of the election results coming in, or are you you're saying you're trying to like distract yourself with other things, or? No. Yeah. yeah. 
been um looking online i do watch cnn but i also like try to find other outlets because i do feel like there is a bias in that like large platform so i like to hear from other perspectives as well mm -hmm. like instagram as a platform sorry that's the train if you can hear it and then but i am looking online to see like the results currently and like mm -hmm. right um i know Zachary and I both have live streams like right next to us. I mean, they're um, all just saying too early to call for most of the stuff that they're showing right now, but yes. Yes, correct. Um, so do you both want to introduce yourself? Um, and then if you want to just start about like talking about um, how you've been feeling tonight, this week. Yeah, just as a starting point. Yeah, um, I can go. Um, I'm Izzy, I'm a senior, I use she, her pronouns, and basically this week I have been feeling stressed. Um, I've been listening to The Daily, and there's been a couple podcasts that I really enjoyed. There was one that I listened to a couple days ago, and it stressed me out because it's talked about political violence and kind of hearing perspectives of different people within that um, podcast was interesting, like and it surrounded like more of gun ownership so I thought that was really interesting hearing from like both Democrats and Republicans and like their thoughts on owning guns and how it's like changed with like this Trump era and stuff like that and then um also yeah kind of just thinking about the election what's gonna happen but then today I actually um so Sonia Reed Taylor, I um, really love her. I follow her on Instagram and she posted something like a um, video this morning and it was basically, it was very calming. It was talking about like in the midst of chaos, centering like creation, love and like um, liberating ourselves. So I thought that that was really nice and it kind of like changed my point of view. Um. My name is Patrick. I use he, him pronouns. I am also a senior. Uh, and this past week, I've been very stressed, of course. And uh, I, I've been talking to a lot of people. I've been talking to, I talked to Mayor Haggerty also this week. And as like a lot of crazy stuff is happening in Evanston, as some may know. Um, and I've just been staring at 538. Um, polling for way too long and it, it, it's got my hopes up but I I'm just, I'm just I, I don't know how I can uh, be so confident and so yeah I've just been trying to maintain uh, confidence but it's not very very much there yeah that's that's pretty much how I feel like I it's about like holding hope um, like that's what I've been like discussing and Nora knows this because I've said it many, many times, um, is like, how do we hold the balance between hope and embracing what actually exists? And like, is hope a worthwhile endeavor? Um, and it's, you know, I have no answer to that, it's, but it's been on my mind that I think like certainly having the election on top of pandemic and isolation and all this other stuff has not helped in that. Yeah. Um, so we kind of we wanted to bring you both on to talk more about what's 
you know, both what's going on, like, right in this moment in terms of um, counting the votes and stuff like that. I know it's, I, we just talked about how we we're all stressed out about it a little bit. Um, and then also kind of like what, whatever the outcome, just like what this means to you as a student um, and like why you care about the election. So we'll start by talking about what's going on right now. So it looks like Biden, Zach, you can um, like check me on this, but um, Biden has 89 electoral votes and Trump has 72. That's what it I'm looks seeing. Like, um, yeah, my thing isn't showing like the total number of votes that have gotten in, but that is really what um, the election's based off, as you all know. Um, so how are how like are you ap is saying like 70 million votes are in um, mm -hmm. i'm not sure what the percentage of that is mm -hmm. but yeah yeah so with that yeah. i guess how um, are you both feeling that kind of made me think like for the past few days um i think it was on friday my um gov class was talking about like the election and electoral college and like that whole system in general and like I'm like pro-abolition for that, but I honestly want to like self-educate myself more because of course Miss Gordon was like, she always like comes with like the um, counter argument. And like, I was honestly like, I wasn't speechless, but like, I didn't know enough. So it is something that I need to learn more about, but yeah, I just kind of don't understand. I feel like the electoral vote in general does not, um accommodate and like um present the entire population and then in general relating to that it's like who is voting like there's so many people like people who are incarcerated um people who are undocumented and then voter suppression in general that like do not have accessibility to voting so it's like I don't know voting in general is like kind of messy and I feel like the system needs to be changed yeah, uh, I completely agree. It's it's painful, especially with this last the last election that occurred. Um, I don't like, although um, although it it's in place because there are those rural areas and those and people who think their vote may be underrepresented. Um, but and so I think obviously popular vote is as an, an idea but i i don't it's it's a hard uh question to answer but right now i'm kind of just staring at ohio um because i want to say it's the last 19 elections that uh whoever wins ohio, who's won ohio uh it's gone that way and so i know none of the electoral votes have or like nothing's completely in for ohio but it looks like trump's winning it right now um with by 51 percent and uh so yeah so i'm not i i would like a change in this uh system uh but this is <laughs> this is how it goes and uh yeah, yeah. i mean and i look it's a system that was put in place to keep slave owners in power like that's the reality of it um and you know it's not gonna i wouldn't hold out hope for a amendment to get rid of it there are ways around it 
um, that people are like, there's a group of states that are trying to like put in place a compact that like gets rid of, essentially gets rid of the electoral vote. Um, will that happen? Probably not. I don't know. Um, yeah, we live in a flawed democracy, I guess. Certainly not a real democracy. Yeah, super flawed. Um, and then kind of to pivot again. Yeah, I'm, I don't know. I'm going to like keep just a little like updating. I mean, there is very little chance we'll know like anything super new um, anytime or like until later tonight. But um, I'll definitely keep an eye on that. It looks like for my thing, they're going over Arizona. Um, which... Now North Carolina's is um, 90% in and both have 49%, which is, mm-hmm. you know. That's... Yeah, Arizona is about tied and they have 78%. So Yeah, and the difference in North Carolina looks like is less than 20,000. So that's mm-hmm. close. Um, so anyway, how are y'all feeling, um, as students? And I was kind of met, like alluded to this earlier, but what does the election mean to both of you? What's kind of the most important, um, most important issues to you as a student? Um, and yeah, and, and not just like as a country or, or, you know, in a, maybe if you want to talk about Evanston, but like to you personally, I'm like, what does this election mean to you? Um, For me, it's, it's not, none of this election feels like it has to do with me. Um, Because I'm, as you you may be able to tell, I'm a cis white male. Uh, And so it's more about the people around me. Um, And so it, it just means it's it affects the people I care about, um, and so that's what's on the line right now. And I, I really hope that it goes the it goes towards Biden. And I hope it. I hope, I I hope I, <laughs> I just hope it goes well. And yeah, it it means a lot. Yeah, um, kind of going off like. I've also been really reflecting on my social location and how it like affects um, my lens of this election and basically like how I'm going to live my life depending on um, the outcome. But um, some things that I've really been thinking of and like been upset by the candidates is like um, defunding and abolishing the police. I feel like there has not been enough attention. And I feel like, um, obviously, I if I was able to vote, I'd vote for Biden, but I feel like he's not radical enough for like our generation. And I feel like a lot of the things that I believe in is like radical change because like reform just, it's, does, it's not gonna work. It's just making people comfortable and it's not solving anything. So that, And then also as well as um, regarding the coronavirus, thinking about like, okay, like I'm planning on going to college for the next four years, like how will the pandemic and how is it gonna be handled? Especially like 
um with Fauci like I'm pretty sure Trump wants to like boot him so like okay um makes like total sense um no it doesn't but kind of thinking about that and like how is that gonna affect my like um near future yeah and I think I'm also in a similar place for Patrick as again I I also miss this like that's where I I I feel too um and we want to bring one more and one last guest into this conversation like what it means to students um and that's also that's senior Oliver Leopold um who kindly enough recorded her introduction um, and has spent his day as a poll worker. Um, I assume you're very tired, Oliver, but thank you for being here. I am very tired, yes. Uh, How long were you at the poll? Oh yeah, do you want to introduce yourself and then maybe talk about what you were doing all day? Yeah, so my name's Oliver. I'm a senior uh, at ETHS. Today I worked as a polling place technician um, for the Cook County election. Uh, we had to be there at 5 a.m. and the polls opened at 6, then closed at 7 p.m. And then it's kind of a, a race in your in your precinct um, to close up and do everything you need to do. And then you have to bring all your stuff to the Civic Center where they receive it so they can gather, <clears throat> excuse me, gather data and stuff like that so they can start reporting it out. Um, so yeah, I set my alarm for four, but woke up at 3.15 because that's just how my body works. Um, it was ready, I guess. And then I left the house around 4.45. Um, my precinct, so I, I was the polling place technician since I worked the election, uh, the primary election, I took on this bigger role. So I kind of supervised my precinct, which was myself and three uh, middle-aged women, mostly Evanston moms. And um, throughout the entire day, we had one voter and it was around 6.30 p.m. And it was all worth it because she was a um, Northwestern student. She came with her dad. It was her first time ever voting. Her dad took so many pictures. I would have been so embarrassed. Like, like we got all the election judges together. There were like 10 of us. And like, she was right in the middle and like holding up her sticker. And um, so we didn't think we would get any voters because it was 6 p.m. And we had zero the whole day because our precinct was like this tiny little part of Northwestern's campus um, that like didn't even have many registered voters. I assume they're all at home. Um, or voting in their own election or voted early or whatever. Um, so I kind of was able to bounce around because there were three pre three precincts in the building we were at. So I was able to bounce around a little bit, um, but it was a, a lot of hanging out and um, getting to know these these people. And there were a few people at uh, the location my age. So it was, it was fun. That, that's great. That was a nice yeah. story. And you're right. I think, um, you know, y'all being open, you know, that matters, you know? Yeah, it was certainly quiet, um, but there were people who showed up. So then it's important, you know, even just for one voter, that's another vote. I mean, like we were talking about it. We, we, there were two of us, we personally delivered in a sealed box, a single vote um, and a memory card with the contents of one single vote. Like it just shows that like it, it doesn't matter how small the scale is. This is an important election and every, every election is an important election. 
Yeah. Can we like, and this is what we were talking about before you came in is like, why is this election important to you? What's on the line in your mind? I mean, I think, and I, and I heard a little bit about what um, Izzy and Patrick were saying, and I, I completely agree. I think, um, I mean, the, the, the president has so much power and with everything that's going on right now with, uh, I'm, I can't even list everything, but there's so many things that, that even if they're not affecting a, a person like me, they're affecting the people around me. They're affecting even my community. Um, so they might not, it, the policy might not always be directed at me, but the, the, the ripple effect, um, the, the virus, you know, keeping, keeping my family safe, um, keeping the people around me safe, things like that. I, I just think that these next four years will be very important with all the kind of political unrest right now and all this division. And I think it'll be, be really, really important um, that whoever wins, you know, makes, makes it um, a goal to, to try to bring people together and keep people safe in many different ways. Yeah, and Izzy and Patrick, I know both of you are involved uh, with SOAR, uh, Students Organized Against Racism um, at ETHS. Um, do you want to like, maybe talk about like, how that work is related to the election or how it influences the way you're thinking, which I think both of you kind of started addressing. Yeah. Yeah, I can talk about that a little bit. Definitely the pandemic has affected um, the work with SOAR navigating it online, but definitely the purposes have not, like they have changed a little bit depending on like the board and kind of like what we want to do with the work, but everybody's um, like initial purposes are the same. And I feel like the work has definitely influenced the way that I'm interrogating like the way that I see through my like um, racial standpoint and like social location and like thinking about like trying to step out of my mind and hearing from other perspectives in this situation not centering myself when I'm thinking about like what's going to happen next or like thinking about my stress like I'm like wait let's take a minute and like you know bring it more to a wider lens and then um yeah it's also made me think a lot more about um definitely like I feel like SOAR's work has helped me bring it more like local and personal because I've like always cared about like anti-racism but like on I didn't like know that there was like that platform that I could it's like the work it does not need a platform anyone can do it but it definitely helped me like um, like have tangible things to like grab on and start doing in the community itself. And like also, yeah, sorry, like have fake thoughts, but um, thinking about like community politics as well and like the mayor election coming up, Haggerty dropped out. <laughs> um, and then um, Sebastian Knowles, it's gonna be him against Daniel Biss. So I've been thinking about that and like, um, wanting to have conversations with them. I think SOAR, we're like planning on um, kind of having a, what's it called, a panel with them and kind of addressing like, what are their beliefs and like, what are their standpoints on um, issues that affect predominantly black and brown communities in Evanston and racial issues in general. Um, yeah, a large 
similar to Izzy, a large place, like a, a large issue that like dealing with this presidential election uh, and affecting SOAR is COVID. Um, and it, it's, it's changed the way, well, from what I heard from last year, since I'm new to SOAR, um, it seems like it's changed the way that uh, racial issues in classrooms and in school um, occur. And so it's, um, so a lot of this has been having to adapt to um, how we interact with students and with faculty. Um, and so obviously I would like this, this issue to end as soon as possible being COVID. Um, and so I think getting back to like into schools and being able to like directly communicate with people and having one-on-one -on -one conversations without being distanced over Zoom or whatever, I think is very important because it is having that human interaction always is more important and can have a better um, impact when you're trying to talk to people on, especially on issues of race, which are so um, controversial. And um, yeah, and also touching on the, uh, the election, uh, the mayoral election, um, it's, it's also got like this, well, actually not the presidential election. This last election has um, the last presidency, the recent presidency has made, like, made me realize that there is much more, there's much more than just what's going on in my life. And it made me, it was a large reason I had to, or chose to try to join SOAR and join SOAR. Um, and it's because it's not just me that is being affected and I have to, I have to do something. And as long as I can have joined this group, uh, I think it's important. So yeah, thank you. Yeah, and I, what I like that you brought up is the Sebastianall stuff, because that is a great example of like student or young adult political engagement. Um, I want to ask all of you about that, especially Oliver, like as someone who was working, um, like what made you want to be an election judge, both now and you said also in the primaries? Like, why is it important that we are? Involved? Yeah, so and I think I think the, the reason that really pushed me for the general election was I saw. I, I, I assumed and I was completely wrong, but I assumed that the, the number of people signing up to work the election would be really low because what I saw in the primary, it was a lot of, of elderly people, um, older people, not many kids, not many young adults, not many even adults. It was mostly older people, older adults. And I was worried that they were not going to sign up because of COVID. And, um, you know, just being older puts them in the higher risk category. And so I, I said, you know, I'm in a lower risk category. Like, this is something I kind of need to do. I, I already have the training. I already know how it goes. Um, if it means me being out there um, at the election instead of, you know, them pushing an older person out there, I said, I, I would want to do that. Um, now, I was completely wrong. There were 15,000 people who signed up and completed training for a total of 8,000 slots just in, I believe it's just suburban Cook County, which is incredible. Um, and, and so most people who did the training and signed up and everything never got an assignment, didn't get to work. Um, so I was very fortunate for that. Um, but I, and I, I guess just a lot of people had the same mindset I did, but um, I just thought, you know, if I'm capable of doing this, then I should step up.
Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I guess kind of for all of you, um, you, Oliver, you were just talking about, you know, COVID and Izzy and Patrick, y'all are talking about, you know, having these conversations about race, you know, within our school, um, you know, no matter the outcome tonight, um, like what are kind of your next steps as students, you know, going into even, I mean, we won't have a result probably tonight, but um, going into tomorrow, we have school and like the rest of the week. And, you know, eventually we'll, when we do have a result, what are your like next steps you're going to take? Yeah, um, definitely like the immediate steps I want to take is um, checking in on my friends and trying to make safe spaces for like healing. I think with whatever happens, I think still like having time to reflect with another and like obviously it's hard with COVID, especially in classrooms. I know some of my teachers have like put out polls asking if we want to talk about the election tomorrow, but yeah, I've kind of been thinking, how's that going to play out? Because I think it's hard to have that connect and like actually hear each other and be vulnerable in a Zoom space, especially in class. And like, I'm guilty of that. Like, it's, I, it's terrifying for me to speak over Zoom when I would be so comfortable in a classroom. So um, kind of pushing myself to make other people as comfortable as they can, which will also make me comfortable because then it's like sharing and then, um, yeah, I think in the more future, definitely um, working on how we can take the issues that are like um, over the United States and then bring them into Evanston, like um, locally. So like defunding the police and like getting SROs out of ETHS. I think that's really important, especially um, once we go back into school and um, right now um, in SOAR, the Alliance is like brainstorming ways that we can do like um, transformational and like healing centered justice and implement that into ETHS. And I know um, SOAR alum have worked on that as well. So it was cool being able to reconnect with them and like see what they were doing. So, yeah. Um, for me, it's definitely the first step I'm going to take, because either way, one side, it, it's going to be chaos. I feel like I believe it's going to be chaos either way. Um, and so the first step is working towards de-escalation, especially in Evanston. If, if we do lose, as in Biden loses, um, I, you gotta, we have to start talking to people. We have to start communicating on how, first of all, we can fight, how we can fight Trump and how we can educate ourselves and those around us so then this doesn't happen again and how we can be this next generation um, because we're all becoming 18 now. We're all becoming old enough to vote and also we're gonna be old enough to, we're gonna be in college soon and we're gonna have to, um, we're gonna have to be a part of this political world and realm. And so for me, it's, it's, educating myself and learning how I can make an impact on this political realm, whichever way it goes. And, um, and if Biden wins, it's working on pushing 
as as he said earlier, like Biden isn't like strong left, um, and it's it's working to get that further left person in office or whoever, um, if it's our mayor or if it's our president. So yeah. And I'm mostly worried because I think no matter the outcome of this election, as Patrick was saying, um, there are people that are going to have a strong reaction, no matter what. I mean, throughout the country, throughout the state, you know, by, by land, most of Illinois is Republican. Most of Illinois has voted Trump today um, by land, I mean. Um, and so what I'm worried about is the combination of, of how polarized we are right now because people are so, so strongly backing their candidate um, that they will have such a strong reaction. And with COVID not being able to really check on people as easily, right? You can't, you can't just see how they're doing like in school the next day, see what's going on. So I'm worried that, you know, we're going to have a hard time checking in on people and, and making sure like everyone kind of knows what's the next step. How do we, no matter the result, how do we, how do we keep moving? Cause we can't just, we, we can't just stop everything um, because of the result. We have to, we have to keep going on. Oh yeah. yeah. I just want to add something. Sorry. Um, something like both y'all made me think of is definitely like, when the act with the action aspect like um definitely like using my white privilege to like fight with um BIPOC in like um protests and just like using um you know like standing with in solidarity and not just staying in my home because I know that um I have like gone to protests already so I don't want to just like stay in home and not like you know be able to like be there and like I've currently been reflecting on like what happened the other night with NUPD and thinking about like how I've been really absent in that and like I have co-workers that go to Northwestern and like I have like a regular that comes into work who's like really active in um the um protesting and I feel like I've kind of um not been like kind of like thinking about it enough so I really like focusing on like what's going on at home as well yeah and there's a lot of work um certainly i also like i, I agree with you i don't think i've been involved enough and that's something that we can all work to rectify both going into tomorrow and the rest of the week and then the next year yeah um, and, and i always like yeah and i guess i just wonder um like, you know, how Northwestern is in school right now. A lot of them are back, um, or at least half half the school population is back. You know, if we were back, um, kind of what would that, like, retaliation of SROs in person look like um, if we were to be in, if we were in school right now? And I think when I saw that at Northwestern, I was like, that's that was my first question is like, you know, at ETHS. Um, how'd that look? Yeah. Um, I think we're gonna wrap up. Um, thanks all of you for coming. Izzy, Patrick, Oliver, Carmia, Jonathan, who are no longer here. Um, Mm -hmm. as it stands right now, I'm seeing 131 to 108 in favor of Biden. Obviously a lot Mm -hmm. of stuff hasn't been called yet. 
Um, mm -hmm. So there's still a long night ahead and then a long yeah, process after that. <laughs> um, yeah. And um, right. We wanted to kind of st structure like time this podcast where it would be kind of around like, I don't know how people go to bed now because, you know, we don't have to actually go anywhere for school. Um, not saying that I'm going to bed anytime soon, but um, it is it is a school night. Um, as and, much as anything is nowadays, yes. Um, yeah, and that's why I think we can honestly, and I, we told Carmi and Jonathan this, that, like we really could talk, just talk all night. Um, just, yeah. you know, as students and as people like who are this close and honestly a lot of people who are at the level to you know make that actual but make contribution in terms of voting but I think all of us have in different ways have been contributing to like informing others about the election yeah and this is certainly far from the end of the Evanstonians election coverage um mm -hmm. In our upcoming November issue, which is going to be released on the 16th at evanstonian.net and will also be featured on our Instagram at the Evanstonian, the underscore Evanstonian, sorry. Um, a lot of it's going to be about the election. And that ranges from us doing, you know, having conversations with students about how they feel tonight went. Um, I know I'm starting a few of those tomorrow <laughs> um, to talking yeah. about poll workers and just opinions people have. Um, you know, there's a lot that's happening and we hope that through this we've spread student voice and certainly through the rest of our coverage, we will continue to. Yeah, yep. thank you all so much. Really important. Of course. Work. Yes. Thank you, you all, all for coming. Thanks for having me.